episode of Dunker Punk's podcast. I'm your host, Kiana Simonson. In this episode, we will hear Ben Baer interview Sharon Flatten to tell her story of attending Bethany Theological Seminary in Nigeria, a new wave for Bethany Theological Seminary. Hey there, Dunker Punks. It's Ben Bear coming back with a new podcast. And this one, I am pretty excited for this episode. We have a good friend of mine that is joining us from across the ocean, courtesy of the wonders of Zoom. If you have not tried using this thing, it's the new Skype, and it's actually pretty easy. So my name's Ben Bear, and I have with me today Sharon Flotten. Uh, Sharon, can you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, thanks, Ben. So my name is Sharon Flotten. I grew up in Bridgewater, Virginia, and I am now living in Jos, Nigeria. So a little backstory. Sharon and I know each other through a couple of brethren avenues. We know each other from Ministry Summer Service, which if you are in college or younger, you should totally consider. And we also run the same Brother and Volunteer Service Unit, which if you're not dead, you should also consider doing BBS. So um, two really neat connections for us to have in our lives, and it's kept us connected through the years. And so Sharon um, recently, earlier this year, embarked on a new adventure. And so Sharon, where are you? What are you doing? So I'm, I'm currently a seminary student through Bethany Theological Seminary, and instead of going to Richmond, Indiana, uh, or staying in Virginia as a connection student, I was given the opportunity 
an option to move to Joss, Nigeria to take my classes here at their new technology center that was built uh, along with uh, the Church of the Brethren here in Nigeria, EYN, uh, and was finished about a year and a half ago. Cool. So now, here's a question that I personally have. How do you say the name EYN? Like, how, what, how do you, do you know how it actually is pronounced? Because I see it written out and it looks really <laughs> cool. I don't actually know. Um, I was really hoping you wouldn't ask me that. I'm probably going to say it very badly, but I believe that it said Ecclesiar on Nigeria. <laughs> cool. That's better than I'm sure I would have done. Well, thank you for muddling through that. <laughs> and bless your heart. So how long have you been over there in Joss? I arrived in Joss back in March. So March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So I'm going on my seventh month. And yes, I had to use my fingers. Okay, seven months. And um, what motivated you to pursue seminary at this time or just in general? <laughs> oh, when people start asking me about seminary, I have to laugh. Uh, so... Where to begin? So last year, I was able to travel to Nigeria for a work camp. Uh, and Nigeria has always been a place that has been near and dear to me and to my family. This is where my parents met back in the late 70s. It's where my brother was born. It's where many of my relatives have come and spent a little bit of time. And so it was always a place I wanted to go. And so last year when I returned, uh, I, I very much felt the spirit moving and that God was saying, hey, something's up. Um, I, think I, I think you might need to like listen to this and do some thinking and discerning and see, see where it might go. And so that was in January of 2018. And I came back very excited about my trip and my experience and just wanting to, to see, just wanted to start asking some questions. And so it, I entered into a season of a lot of question asking uh, of myself, of my church community, of God. Um, it's a lot of very intense conversations with crying and confusion. Uh, but I think that that's, that's natural, that's healthy. And so uh, one of the things that came out of that and out of my conversations with my spiritual director uh, she said, you know, maybe we need to reach out to the seminary because they have they have just completed this building. Uh, maybe there's some possibilities for work or ministry in Nigeria. And so, of course, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And so you need to ask. Uh, and so I, I asked, I sent an email to President Jeff Carter because you might as well just start at the top. <laughs> Uh, and he, his response was that it sounded like I had been discerning something that they had been discerning, uh, trying to figure out how to keep, how to, to use this technology center to uh, find more students and just make some, some more connections across the, the ocean. Um, and so then he put me, President Carter put me in conversation with some others at the seminary. And one of the very first questions that I was asked was, have you ever considered seminary? And I just started laughing, like <laughs> coming from my family of pastors and, and all the people that are in my family who have gone 
to seminary, gone to Bethany, uh, who have done mission work, who have been teachers, who have done so many things. Like, of course, I have considered seminary, whether I wanted to or, or certain family members would say, so when are you going to Bethany? So when are you going to Bethany? Which never do that to anybody because then they're going to say, I'm not going to do that. But that was the start of a, of, of the first of a, of a conversation of a time of the, of actually considering seminary realistically, like really, um, because it would mean that I would be able potentially be able to come back to a country, to a place, to people that I love. Uh, and so I knew that God was saying something. I didn't think in the moment he was saying seminary at all. Um, and, and so it, a new adventure began. Uh, and so more months continued of discerning and praying and asking questions. Um, and in this, the fall of, what is that? 2018, I resigned from a job that I love. I was working at Camp Sotara uh, with really great people in a beautiful location, doing work that I adored uh, to, to try something new, to follow where God was taking me. And it has not been easy um, in the midst of all of those transitions, because I feel like my life is just always one big, long transition. Um, my, my mom got sick, and then I, I was able to delay my travels here, uh, which I was very glad for. That's one of the really great things about going to seminary is you're working with a lot of really understanding, compassionate people um, who understand that life happens and who are trained to walk with you through it when it does. And I'm just very, very grateful to them. Um, and then I was able to arrive in March and I've been taking my classes just like this through Zoom, uh, which is good, but not always easy. <laughs> so along those lines, how has seminary, I mean, you didn't have seminary you'd gone to before, so you can't really compare it to something you haven't done, but seminary in my mind is sort of like college 2.0 and so it's not quite the same but it's a little different a little more intense and but a similar structure where you have classes you have uh internships you have that kind of stuff how is that different taking classes through zoom and being in joss instead of richmond um what what's that like so one of the biggest things and i actually i do struggle with this is is it's very difficult to be connected to the seminary community. Um, so you can't just, like in college, you can just, if you want to go see somebody or you want to go get something to eat, you just go and you knock on somebody's door. Or like when I was in college, you used AOL, instant, mes instant messenger. <laughs> um, oh, that's a throwback right there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And so now you just send a text message. Uh, but I think the hardest thing for me is just not having that face-to-face. -face. Um, being here, usually for the most part, I'm here just sitting in the seat at my table in my living, in my dining room. Um, and I'm zooming into a classroom of however many people are gathered there. And so you, because of the nature of technology, you miss out on the jokes or the things that happen really quickly or the conversations that happen over coffee right before class or during the class break or going out for lunch or dinner um, or gathering for a meal. 
afterwards. So the community part or just being able to connect with my classmates in that regard is difficult. Um, but it's okay. I mean, I, I'm still like professors are still very reachable, uh, whether it's doing exactly this. I do this probably once a week with some of my professors when I need help or other, uh, or other like leadership at the seminary. So they're all still very, yeah, it's, there's definitely still a relationship there. It's just figuring out how to, how it's different. Are you purely a seminary student or do you have other responsibilities within the church of the brethren uh, with the, um, with Jay Whitmire's office with uh, international missions and whatnot? Uh, so the way that I explain it to people is that first and foremost, I'm a seminary student. Like that's my number one job or reason to be here, but I'm also doing some work for the seminary uh, for Bethany specifically. I don't, as of right now, I don't have really any responsibilities or connections to the global mission office. Uh, maybe that will change over time. But my work for the seminary is to actually uh, promote their programs. Uh, their, uh, Bethany, along with EYN, sat down and, and came up with a, a new certificate for biblical peacemaking. Uh, and so the hope is to be finding students, uh, EYN or other denominational students uh, to come and to take these classes because uh, peacemaking, as uh, we all are aware, is just incredibly important and relevant, especially in this culture and context and in the States as well. Um, I mean, everywhere really could use a little bit more of it. (laughs) Very true. So you talked a little bit about the complications and challenges of trying to take classes through internet, through Zoom, through the online world. Do you have other challenges that you've encountered that maybe you didn't anticipate or that have been more of a speed bump than you're expecting? Uh, Well, of course. Um, Some of them just kind of come with the territory of living here. Not that it's a good thing, but you never know when you're going to have light. So right now the light is on, but more often than not, when I'm in my class and I'm sitting here, all of a sudden it'll just go dark. And then everyone say, Oh, Sharon lost her light again. And here it's funny. It's always referred to as light, not electricity, not power, but it's just the light. Like is the light back is light. Like, why did they take the light? Um, So that's one thing that you just have to kind of, work with as best as you possibly can is just having, having light to, to power up and be able to use the technology. But it's actually funny, even like if right now in the middle of this call, if the light goes, which I pray it does not, um, I will still be able to talk to you because the way that I use my internet is through a little hotspot, like, and it's not plugged into anything. And so even if the light goes, I still probably will have access to the network, to the internet, which is, it's just kind of funny. Like I wouldn't, in the States, everything is plugged in because we're just so connected. And uh, like, we just kind of expect that the, the light is always going to be there. Uh, so that's one that, I don't know, you, again, you just get used to it, but I, I wish that, and I pray that they'll get the, the light 
the power situation under control here. The other thing that I hadn't quite expected is that here in this culture, it's just a drop in and stop by for tea culture. Like there's no, oh, hey, Ben, I'm going to come over at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon to talk to you. Is that okay? Uh, it's very much just a, at any point you will hear, we have a little bell sitting by our front door. You'll, you might hear the bell and somebody's here and they need to talk or they want to talk about church or work or school or anything. They're just stopping in to say hi. And that's, that I do struggle with just because it's so different. Like I'm somebody, I love calendars. I love schedules. I love being like, Oh, tomorrow at two will be great. I'm going to write you on my, my schedule for the day. You've been penciled in. Uh, and so it's been an adjustment getting used to that. Uh, and also even for me, if I want to go see somebody, I don't have to tell them I'm coming. I can just show up. And that's also just very like counterintuitive to, I don't know, everything in the States. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that's yeah. but that's been good. I think a good adjustment. Um, it's helpful. So that's something that that just kind of gets in the way of class. Sometimes, like I'll be sitting here in class, and somebody will come, and I'll be like, "I'm really sorry. Like I'm in class, you can't come in." And then that's also like rude <laughs> um, because if somebody comes over, they want like you want to host them and welcome them and offer them tea and ground nuts or whatever it might be and be a hospitable, uh, welcoming place, but that's not always possible. So, yeah. So those are probably two things that are just kind of unique to here or at least, yeah, or different from how things are in the States. <laughs> yeah. That, they're certainly different. Yes. How have you seen yourself grow in your time at Nigeria in Joss, Nigeria? I know you haven't been there terribly long in the grand scheme of things, but perhaps you've noticed that you have developed a different, uh, a new passion for a particular ministry or that you have a newfound interest in, um, in some component of your work. I mean, there, there is of course growth just in the courses that I'm taking and the things that I'm learning. Uh, I mean, like any, degree, like you're not going to love all the classes that you take. Uh, but some of them I've been very glad for just getting some new perspectives. And I mean, even right now I'm, I'm digging more into the new Testament, which I've never really done before. And so just some simple things like that. Um, I'm also learning how to live well, live more within like into the community uh, which is which can be difficult being an mostly strong independent female um, coming from the states to recognize that I can't just pick up and go anywhere that I want to go uh, because I don't have a car I can't or that part of town might not be safe or I can't go out at night um, and so it's it's learning how to or relearning how to like rely on other people again, like people within the, even within my, my compound, my immediate community that's here um, surrounding my house. Um, and I mean, it's just kind of a lot of good life growing like life lessons um, because in the States, like I lived by myself, it was me and my little dog. Uh, and then here, even though I do have a housemate, 
Um, the fact that we live in a huge house by ourselves, like there's just the two of us is I actually don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable because there should be so, like there's space for so many more people, but because we're the, the white ladies who live up on the Hill, I think there is still this kind of like people try to give us our distance. Cause it's like, well, they're, they're not from here. Like they're not used to this. So it's, it's, I don't know if that exactly answers it, but there's just a lot of general life growing and just experiencing yet yet again, like a new way of living. So like when I was in BBS, it was learning to live with a whole bunch of people I didn't know (laughs) Uh, (laughs) with and with just different things. Um, Each situation is different and you just never quite know going into it what the like what growing is going to happen or what lessons are going to come out of it. Has your trajectory, your future changed from what you thought it might be when you arrived? Or did you really have an idea of what your future might hold when you arrived? Was it a blank canvas? Uh, well, due to visa needs, because even for, for me to come here, I needed a visa. Um, that allowed me a year or allows me a year here. And so that will take me through next March. And then hopefully I'll be able to renew that visa for another year. Um, So, I mean, there wasn't really anything specific because this is new. Like it's, it's an experiment. Like I'm basically a guinea pig because most people who go to seminary. um, So oftentimes Nigerians like want to come to seminary and they like want to go from Nigeria to the States. But then there's me who I was like, how about if I go from the States to Nigeria? And they're just like, I don't understand. And that question I actually get a lot. People, I try to explain to people like what I'm doing and I say like, oh, I'm in, I'm in seminary. And then they start saying like all the different seminaries that are here in town. And I'm like, no, my seminary is actually in the States. I'm just taking online classes. And then they say, I don't understand. I was like, it's okay. Nobody does. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I hope to be here for two years uh, because I am in the Master of Divinity program. There is a requirement that I have to go stateside to Richmond for, I think, at least a semester. Um, And so we'll see how and when and where that fits in. Uh, And then I would love to come back. I, most everybody that I talk to, they say, Sharon, you have to stay. We're going to find you a nice Nigerian husband and you're just going to stay here on the plateau forever. And I'm not opposed to that, (laughs) but it's just really funny. I actually just had somebody say that to me this morning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He he had my entire life like planned out for me. And I was like, okay, great, good. (laughs) Um, But I do love it here. I mean, it's no, it's not always easy, but it just, it feels right uh, to me. It's, I feel like I've been here a lot longer than just since March. Um, and at the same time, yeah, I can't believe that six, six months have already passed because, because they all, it also went by so quickly because it's good. Yeah. I, I can't help but observe that the offers for finding you a husband kind of sounds like eHarmony coincided with Grubhub. And so you can just kind of put out your order for a husband and one will be there soon. I just, the thought struck my mind and I had to say it. That's because it it kind of involves food, which also makes sense for you. Yes, it does. We know each other well. So you are (laughs) 
a bit of a pioneer here. This isn't something that really has a whole bunch of precedence for, at least in our seminary and in our denomination. What is your hope for these kinds of connections and relationships between not the U.S. and places that would like to have theologically trained leaders for the church? Uh, it's a really good question. I also really like that you use the word pioneer as opposed to my guinea pig because it makes it sound a little bit better. <laughs> so I'm probably going to have to start using that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Uh, so the, the way that all of this started was, was a conversation between Bethany and EYN saying, or Bethany asking, like, how can we help you? I mean, Nigeria has been... Uh, struggling with this issue of insurgency for too many years now. Uh, Too many lives have been lost. Too many lives have been displaced. Um, And so Bethany was saying, how, like, what can we do? And and the answer was, uh, like, help us, like, train, train our pastors, train our leaders, train the people of Nigeria in the ways of what they eventually came to of biblical peacemaking, uh, and so, and that, and that's a really great place to start. And so I, I would love for the program here to grow, uh, the church of the brethren here in Nigeria whew, probably has 800,000 like registered members, let alone the non-registered. So like there it's well above a million and it's growing. The church here is just growing exponentially. It's actually really quite incredible. Um, even amidst so much pain and suffering. Um, And so I'm hoping that it will grow here. I believe that it will. Uh, We're just now getting started with everything. And then it would be interesting to ask the question of, well, this, this worked here, this experiment, this, I don't know. Yeah. uh, This attempt. So where else could we, could we go? How else could, could we support uh, our other, brothers and sisters from other countries um, and what they're trying to do. And I think that it's possible. It is, I mean, of course, with a, a, a great idea, there, there does come issues and things that go along with it. And so we've been working through those, but it's a matter of working together. Uh, and Bethany leadership and EYN leadership are very much committed to working together to see this through. Uh, but it's but it is a really big task. It's a big project. Uh, but I think that it is possible, and it fits into the conversation of what does it mean for the Church of the Brethren to be a global church, uh, and which is one of the questions that we're all asking, or many people are asking right now, is how can we continue to support one another and sit together around a table as as equals, sharing and giving and receiving alike. So Sharon, our last question that we have today, do you feel like you are a dunker punk? And so here's my quick, unfiltered, rough version of what a dunker punk is. A dunker punk is someone who bucks off cultural trends so that they can fully invest in following the call of Jesus' demonstration to love one another fiercely and to care for those in need and be the church instead of just talking about the church. Do you feel like 
that's you? So the Dr. Punk concept is a new one to me, uh, but I, I believe, yes. I mean, even in just the, the fact that I am here, that I basically sold many of my possessions, like got out of town, got out of the States and came to a, a somewhat familiar, but mostly new place. Uh, like that's not following, I guess, the path most trodden, so to speak. Um, yeah. And so I'm, when, when you first asked me if I would be willing to do this, I thought to myself, uh-uh, like, am, am I really one, a dunker punk? I mean, I'm just trying to follow God's call, but maybe that's, that's exactly what being a dunker punk is. Just doing some serious listening and paying attention and seeing where, what your, where your heart is, what that, how that can fit into what the need is and what opportunities are out there. Uh, and so I'll, I'll, I'll be helpful and say, yes, I think I am a dunker punk. <laughs> well, let me remind you that if you, if you feel comfortable calling yourself a pioneer, you should also be comfortable calling yourself a dunker punk and a brother and rock star, because I think all of those titles fit you. Nagore Sosei. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know what that means. What language is that that you replied in? Hausa. Hausa. Okay. Yes. Well, Sharon, do you have any parting words for us? I think just like I just said, just pay attention to, to what God might possibly be calling you to. There's so many incredible opportunities out there, uh, some that make sense and many that might not. Uh, and just challenging yourself to to really listen and discern uh, where God where God might be taking you because amazing things can happen. You might end up in Africa. It's a great place. <laughs> Y'all should come. All right. Well, thank you, Sharon, for the time, and we've really enjoyed getting to hear a little bit about what you're doing and the endeavors of our seminary, Bethany Seminary. And we wish you the best of luck as you continue forward in your ministries. Thanks, Ben, and everybody else. Growing up in my house, we had a small plaque in my mom's room that read, when we make plans, God laughs. I probably think about that once or twice a week at least. I, too, have taken some journeys that I really had no idea where they would take me. BBS to Cincinnati, Ohio, ministry summer service all over the country with Youth Peace Travel Team. And every time I've recorded a host session, I think I've been in a different state. To me, this feeling of uncertainty has always felt a little fun, but I know it's not always like that for others. And something Sharon said that resonated with me a lot was that her work was good, but not always easy. And with my journey, the things that have proved most consistently important, no matter where I've been, are community and love. The pursuit of these qualities I've seen firsthand prioritized by Ben Baer, and I've had a wonderful time hearing from Sharon about. Definitely two brethren rock stars. This episode really reminds me of what has been important on my peacemaking journey. The community that welcomed me in the Modesto Church of the Brethren, where I grew up, the young adult community that I've had so much fun being a part of, and the support and love I've received to go out and continue living out the call by those who have walked there themselves. 
In Romans, we hear of Paul's work as a missionary. Romans 14. My friends, I am sure that you are very good and that you all have the knowledge to teach each other. But I have spoken to you plainly, and I have tried to remind you of some things. God treated me with undeserved grace. He chose me to be a servant of Christ Jesus for the Gentiles and to do the work of a priest in the service of his good news. God did this so that his Holy Spirit could make the Gentiles into a holy offering, pleasing to him. Because of Jesus Christ, I can take pride in my service for God. In fact, all I will talk about is how Christ let me speak and work so that the Gentiles would obey him. Indeed, I will tell how Christ worked miracles and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit. I have preached the good news about him all the way from Jerusalem to Illicrum. But I have always tried to preach where people have never heard about Christ. I am like a builder who doesn't build on someone else's foundation. It is just as the scripture says, all who haven't been told about him will see him, and those who haven't heard about him will understand. We serve not because we are forced to, but if I can help anyone see the light, love, and grace that God has shown to me, then I will. Building with the EYN community has been beautifully centering. Continuing the work of Jesus simply, peacefully, together, and globally. Which is good, but not always easy. And that's why we walk with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening and thanks for joining us on another episode of the Dunker Punks podcast. The Dunker Punks podcast is a space for anyone who identifies as a Dunker Punk to come and be listened to and share their stories of what it means to walk their journey with Christ. This episode was created by Ben Baer. I'm your host, Kiana Simonson. Jacob Kraus edits the show and creates our music. Carrick Van Esselt creates our graphics. Dean Fiesenheiser transcribes our episode. Suzanne Lay manages production. And thank you to Arlington Church of the Brethren, who hosts and sponsors the show. On Earth Peace provides ongoing support and outreach and production support. You can find our archives on iTunes and online at arlingtoncob.org dpp. And you can connect with us on social media at Dunker Punks Pod or by mailing at dpp at arlingtoncob.com. Thank you so much.